Timing is everything, isn't it? Think about it. You know, right now everybody's March Madness, right? We got our brackets worked out or we're disparaging about our brackets, how they worked out or whatever. And March Madness is upon us and we're getting to that moment. But think about it. What, three weeks ago, if you were talking about March Madness, guys, you were probably just in trouble again, weren't you? So the timing has everything to do. And there's something about that moment. Say when a the pregnant wife looks at her husband and says, it's time. Something changes in that moment, doesn't it? Timing is everything. And so with Jesus, in his three-year ministry that he was here on the earth, there were several times that we know, uh, several different people would say, Jesus, tell them who you are. Or tell them why you're here. And Jesus would say, it's not the time. The hour hasn't come. Mom, stop it. Remember that story? So one day, Jesus and his disciples and a multitude of other people were gathered to celebrate Passover. And as they were there to gather, gather to celebrate Passover, a, a particular group of people, John tells us, Greeks, come up to one of Jesus' disciples, Philip. And they say, we want to meet Jesus. Now, if someone walked in the door right now and said, I want to meet Jesus, I think we'd be like, hey, hallelujah, let's pray for you, sign you up, and let's do this, right? But what does Philip do? We want to meet Jesus. Be right back. Stay right there. And what does Philip do? He goes to Andrew, Andy. And says, hey, see these guys over there? Those over there? Yeah. They want to meet Jesus. And so what do they do? Let's go tell Jesus. Isn't it odd? John doesn't tell us that they take this group of of people and take them to Jesus. They never do that. We're never told whether they get a chance to meet Jesus or not. But these two disciples go to Jesus and say, Jesus, Jesus. Rabbi, see those guys over there? They want to meet you. And you know how it is with God, right? You pray to God, you pray to Jesus, you know, for a certain thing, and you pray and you wait for an answer, right? Be honest, you wait for your answer, huh? And you know how God is. God plays too much sometimes, and he doesn't always give you the answer you're looking for or give you your answer or give you the answer you're expecting. Does God now? And so Peter and Andrew, excuse me, Philip and Andrew are like, Jesus, they want to see you. Jesus says, it's time. Time for what, Rabbi? Uh, What do you mean? We don't know anything about those Greeks. We don't know why they wanted to come see Jesus. Maybe they were converts. Maybe they wanted to be healed. Maybe they were just curious. Hey, it was the holidays. Maybe they were just there for the holidays. Hmm? We don't know anything about them, really. But something about them got the disciples kind of like, 
I mean, why wouldn't they just go say, hey, go talk to the pastor yourself? They had to go converse with one another and then go talk to Jesus before they ever, if they ever, decided, hey, Jesus, let me introduce you to some guys I met. Something about those group of people was different. Now, most of our Bibles will say Greeks, and that's a fair translation. But really what John was, was trying to get us to, to know about these people was that they were Gentiles. That is a better translation of who these people were. Gentiles. And we've talked about this before, right? In this world and in this time, either you were a Jew or you weren't. You were a Jew or you were a Gentile. And I even think there's something to that image there in a lot of that mindset. And so, here come these Gentiles and they want to meet Jesus. And you think in your mind, what is the most extreme opposite of Christianity that you can think of? And you think of a few of those people coming to you and saying, hey, I want to meet Jesus. Maybe you can understand why the disciples are kind of like, whoa. See, they know something is in that group, but they don't quite get it. So they go to Jesus, and Jesus says, oh, I get it. It's time. The hour is upon us when the Son of Man will be glorified. Now, even if the disciples in those three or so years were ever to get what Jesus was really saying about all that kind of stuff, even if they were to get that, you know what? The Son of Man is going to be glorified. Their idea was the Son of Man is going to be glorified to us. But Jesus knew, used, however you want to look at that, this group of Gentile believers, people, to say, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified, not only to us, but to everybody. That's a big deal. If you read the book of Acts, and you look at the struggles going on in the book of Acts, you realize that uh, that really messed up some people's world. Do you have that book you brought with you when you read for Sunday school? I want to read something real quick, if you don't mind. Sorry. I love you. you. She loves me too. I love it. That really messed up people's world. Because, yeah, we can understand how God would want to do something for us, but for everybody, even these people, I don't know. You know? Remember we started reading this together a few months ago? don't think I've forgotten about it. But I, I want to read something to you. And I've met uh, the bishop a couple times. I don't know him very well. But he seems to me like a pretty mild-mannered guy, you know, just kind of doing his thing, doing his bishop thing now. Well, he's got some words here. To become a vibrant, fruitful, growing congregation requires a change of attitudes, practices, and values. Good intentions are not enough. Too many churches want more young people as long as they act like old people. They want more newcomers as long as they act like old-timers. 
They want more children as long as they are as quiet as adults. Sometimes. They want more ethnic families as long as they act like the majority in the congregation. You know, I'm, 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 I don't know that I'm convinced that a lot of people in the church today don't quite get that either. It's time. The hour has now come, Jesus said. Would you agree with me if I said that everyone needs Jesus? Good. I'm glad somebody does. And I bet most of the churches that we've been at, if I were to ask that question, people say, yes, we all need Jesus. And it bothers me when I have a conversation with someone and they say something like, well, you know, you know, the only reason why they come is because or they only come when it's, you know, Easter or Christmas. Man, I don't even know why they come anymore. Why they started coming back. They're just. Mm-hmm. But we all need Jesus. Don't we? I've had to learn to let me let me put it that way. I had to learn to. To, to trust that everybody who walks through the church doors needs Jesus. Now, the part I've really had to learn is because is that everyone who walks through those doors that needs Jesus may need Jesus in a different way that day. Maybe they need Jesus that day because th- th- that is the time where they, their faith is renewed, uh, they hear about the love of Christ again, and that's what helps them to, to live out their faith Monday through Saturday. Or maybe the people that come through that door need Jesus because right now is a time of crisis. Maybe they come through that door needing Jesus because, you know what, nothing else has worked in the world. Maybe they come through that door needing Jesus because everybody else has left them. I think we in the church have to be just a little careful when we decide what people's intentions are when they come to church. Sure, people have different agendas. People, some people are at church just because it's a habit. Can't break habits, can you? Not easily. But we all need Jesus in some way. We are all broken. And I think we would all do well to remember that when we think about the church. See, there should be a place, I think, where anyone, any, any man can come in, or any single mother can come in, or any family can come in and say, we want to meet Jesus. Maybe they don't, they don't use those words anymore, right? But we want to meet Jesus. The church should be a place where the people who are there can say, okay, let's meet him. Not, hey, go talk to him. He'll tell you. Pastor, can I leave now? A place where people can come, where others are willing to minister with, and not always to them. See, we're all 
on this walk together. Now, some of us have been walking for a longer time than others. Some of us have taken detours in our walk. Some of us are walking kind of slow. Some of us are, are, are hobbling. Some of us are on one foot, but we're all walking. And I think when we forget that, I don't know what we have, but it's not the church. When we forget that we're all walking in this faith together. And when we have that in our mind, and we can be willing to take someone who wants Jesus, even if it's ourselves, and minister with that person. And that always, too. It's a big difference. Thinking about what, what Jesus said about, you know, in order for anything, he, he takes us back. And he uses a strong image that just no one can ignore. In order for that seed to really be anything, that seed has to die, doesn't it? And really, isn't that what the season of Lent is about? We give up stuff, stuff that's, you know, important to us or whatever, in order that we might reject that so in some way we could be new. It's exactly what Jesus was talking about. I think, and I've been thinking about it a lot, I think it's time for us to grow. Hmm? What do y'all think? Anybody, anybody want this church to grow? Yeah. Good. Now, here's the problem I have with a lot of churches that will say the same exact thing. Yes, we want to grow. Bring out the pews. Let's get the building plans going. Let's start new classes. Let's do this and all this other kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great things to, to be doing and you're growing, right? But I'm not convinced either that any of that stuff can happen in any church when the people who are already here, there, excuse me, aren't willing to first grow themselves. That's what Sunday school is about. That's what Bible studies are about. That's what all the fellowship stuff's about. Us being willing to take the time to grow ourselves. See, God, through Jeremiah promises a time when we won't have to tell each other to know God. We, we won't have to tell each other, hey, you need to get right with God, Brother Grady. You know why? Because Brother Grady's going to be like, I already know God. What you talking about? There's going to be a time when all of us are going to know God. But you know what, friends? Sadly, whatever you want to say, now's not that time, is it? We still got a lot of people who need to know God more, Right? Didn't we just say we're all walking together? Didn't most of us say, yeah, everyone needs Jesus, right? God has written God's law on our heart, friend. And when our heart is open to receive that law, then we grow into the people God needs us to be. I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads with me. I'm going to say just a small, simple prayer. and 
ask if you would make that prayer your own, if you would repeat it after me. Loving God, fill our hearts today with your Spirit. Make us new to do your work. Fill us, Lord, now with your love. Christ knows our sufferings and our trials, friends. And he promises that his love will never miss us when we're open to him. Amen and amen.